Today is Transfiguration Sunday. And you may have this image of Jesus from our text today. You see, Jesus takes Peter and James and John up a mountain with him. And there he is changed. He is transfigured. He is transformed dramatically before their eyes. Jesus' clothes became dazzling white, like no one on earth could make them. Jesus is then joined by two figures from the past, Moses and Elijah, representing the law and the prophets. Three of the most prominent figures throughout Scripture in the same place at the same time. This is the heart and the soul of Israel's history. And during this time, we hear from Peter, who is beside himself, who is afraid. He, but he does what any good Jewish man would do. He prepares for the sacred guests. Peter taking the appearance of Moses and Elijah as a cue for this sacred time offers to build them booths or living places so they know that they have a special place of honor. But before anyone could answer Peter's question on if he should build this or not, this voice comes out from the sky. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. This voice reminds us of the voice at Jesus' baptism that we hear at the beginning of our Epiphany season. However, the voice does not speak to only Jesus. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. But it speaks to everyone, speaks to us. This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. The transfiguration gives the disciples an experience of witnessing a vision that draws them to want to stay there, in that place of wonder, to build a space for them to be there, to be inspired then, to go back down the mountain, to do the mission and ministry that they are called to do. God invites Peter and James and John and us into this place of wonder and the mystery of Jesus. Now, part of the mystery that really struck me this year is the significance of Moses and Elijah in the text. Each year when I read this text, I often glance over the part about Moses and Elijah because there's so much to talk about. The fact that Jesus is transformed, is transfigured right there. <clears throat> how Peter is willing to build, how our lives can be transfigured and transformed as well. But this time I thought I would look a little bit more into how Moses and Elijah are connected to today's text. Now you may know Moses. He was a Hebrew who was born in the tribe of Levi. And he and his family were slaves. But soon after his birth, his mother made this little boat out of a basket and placed him in it. She knew that Moses' life was in danger, so she sent him down the river to be seen and rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. He was safe, and he grew up like a son to Pharaoh. Moses eventually was chosen by God to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery into freedom. But it wasn't easy. As they were traveling in the wilderness for 40 years to the promised land, they encountered many obstacles, many difficulties. But God was with them all along the way. 
and to help to give structure and direction to the people of God, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments for the people of God, for them to live by. But when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, he he looked around and he saw that his people were worshiping idols. They had built a golden calf, and this made Moses mad. And he went back to God and said, why are you doing this to me? Why did you send me out here with all of these people if they are not going to listen and to follow you? Moses was ready to give up. He did not think that there was a chance that they were going to make it out of the desert into the promised land. But God continued to be with them. God continued to be with Moses. God continued to lead them to the promised land. There were many times along their journey when the people and Moses wanted to give up. They wanted to look back to the way things used to be, to make things the way things used to be. But God was continuing to lead them forward to a new land full of hope, full of love, full of grace, full of transformation. And then there's Elijah. You may know who Elijah is. Elijah was a prophet, and he walked like a prophet, talked like a prophet. He encouraged others to believe in God like a prophet. He shared God's message, but he also shared warnings from God. During the time of Elijah, there was a number of years where the area kings were evil. They did not listen to God, and people were experiencing corruption and suffering. And Elijah was the one sent by God to tell the people and the kings to turn from their evil ways and to turn towards God. Needless to say, he had a difficult job, but he was really good at it. The people were still not listening, so God sent a drought to Israel because God was so displeased with the people. Now, Elijah was out in the desert where there was a river with drinking water, and God sent ravens to bring Elijah food. But eventually that river dries up because of the drought. And God tells Elijah to go to the home of a widow who will provide him with food. Elijah went and found what God had promised him. And that saved Elijah, but it was tough. And Elijah continued to perform many miracles, including bringing a boy back to life. Now, there was a time when Elijah was ready to give up. You see, Elijah was sent by God to confront the evil king, Ahab. This king was causing problems for God's people. Elijah challenged the king to a demonstration of deities. You see, King Ahab worshipped the deity Baal versus the God of Elijah. The challenge was to offer their sacrifices to their respective deities to see which would start a fire to prove their divinity. The king's prophets prayed for hours to Baal, but nothing happened. But when it's Elijah's turn, he drenches the sacrament with water to display his trust in God to start the fire despite being wet. And God sent down a fire that completely engulfed the sacrament into flames, and the people rejoiced. Now, as you might guess, Ahab was upset about this and wanted to kill Elijah. 
And Elijah was scared. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, the Bible says that Elijah was afraid and he got up and fled for his life. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and asked God that he might die. Elijah wanted to give up. He thought that all the work he had done was for nothing. But God was still with him. So I start to wonder, how often do we feel the same? Despite what we experience, we desperately want to encounter God in our life, to have some sense that we are not alone, that there is something more than what we can see and touch. And yet in those very moments that God draws near, we find ourselves afraid, unsure, and feeling like we are out of control. We want our experience of God to look a certain way, to feel a certain way, to fit into our plan, but it doesn't always happen the way we want it to. But that doesn't mean that God leaves us alone because God is with us. You know, when Moses saw his people worshiping idols after all that God did for them, or when Elijah was following his calling by God, but found that his life was in danger, both of them could have given up and we wouldn't blame them at all. <coughs> but they continued to do the work that God called them to do. When things are difficult for us, when we find ourselves struggling because of our physical issues, our medical issues, financial issues, emotional issues, spiritual issues, relationship issues, we may find ourselves ready to give up. We may want to walk away or get angry with God. We want to know when we can go back to doing life the way we want to do life. When can we go back to seeing our friends? Uh, when we, can we go back to seeing our family? And when can we not have to wear a mask anymore? We don't know what the next month is going to look like, much less what the next six months are going to look like. But God promises to continue to be with us through it all. God will help us find a way to continue to be the people of God. Because in the end, the people of God, they did make it to the promised land. In the end, Elijah made it past his confrontation with the king. And in the end, Jesus made it to the cross, yes. But Jesus also was resurrected from that cross and made it to eternal life. The God that was with Moses and Elijah and Jesus is the same God that is with us every single day of our lives. So when Jesus is standing there on top of the mountain with Moses and Elijah, something special happen happens. All of the hopes and the tragedies of our everyday life are transformed in the light of Jesus Christ. God comes to us and is right there in front of us. God is still with us in all of our ups and downs. And because of that, we are able to create space in our lives to experience the wonder and the mystery of God. Because we all have those mountaintop experiences when we can truly feel the presence of God, when we truly feel like we are surrounded by the love and grace of God. But we also have the presence of God with us when we have those tough moments, when we feel distant from God and the people that we love. And that presence 
And that hope will help us every day because of the power of God's love. Amen.